right. Looks like we're just getting started here. Good morning. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Robin. Good morning, folks. If you're one of the uh, early ones joining us before 1030, we look forward to get started, get started here in a few minutes to welcome folks. Good morning, Anne. Yes, and it's a, it's a cooler morning. It's appreciated by many. As you're joining us, please say, say hello in the chat. And if you're visiting from another ethical society, please give us a shout out as well. And just a reminder that uh, if you wanna share your message with everyone, be sure to select all panelists and attendees. Uh, and we look forward to saying good morning. Good morning, Good morning, Jeff. Happy August 1st. All right. August. Can you believe it? We're already in August. Goodness. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope you have uh, your beverage of, beverage of choice and getting settled in for the morning. I know I am. Welcome. Hi, Tema and Arnold. PES, that's great. Glad to have you with us. Yes, and uh, this is our, this is Lynn's first uh, back after sabbatical, so we're excited. It's actually one of the my favorite platform topics. It's always a fun one, the question box. We got, uh, uh, you never know what's going <laughs> to come out. You never know the topics. And uh, it's usually a lot of them are things I'm thinking about or have questions about too that I appreciate diving into some of the details. Good morning, Ed. And good morning, Catherine. Good morning, Adam. Well, as more folks are joining us, just want to say again, welcome. Please say hello in the chat. Um, and uh, be sure if you, if you want to make a comment that make sure everyone can see it, go ahead and select all panelists and attendees on the, um, on the chat setting. It's a good time to get a candle to light during our candle lighting and uh, start to get settled in a little bit. And I know I've got my, my coffee this morning, uh, essential for me, but I know there's a variety of uh, preferences out there between tea, coffee, water, all types. Let's see. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Vincent. And good morning, Laura. 
Good morning, Christine. I always, it's one of the fun things for me as a uh, officiant is to see the participants number start to increase and everyone joining on this morning and as we get going together. Good morning, Walter and Susan. Welcome and glad you're with us today. All right, we'll be starting in just a minute or two. Again, um, just a reminder for folks just joining us, if you wanna send a message or say good morning, um, go ahead and select all panelists and attendees. Good morning, Train. And uh, lots of messages for Lynn saying welcome back and we're excited to have Lynn back with us after a little break. Well-deserved. And uh, love the topic for today personally because the question box is always a fun one. Get to pick Lynn's brain a bit. All right, so this is a good time to get a candle to light during our candle lighting. Settle in, get comfortable, beverage of choice, and uh, we'll be starting here in just a moment. And definitely a uh, appreciate that, Judy. A shout out to Johnny B for handling all the uh, tech issues and challenges and just making sure this morning goes as smoothly as possible. Couldn't do it without him. All right. Looks like we are just about ready to get started. Again, welcome to all who are with us. It's been um, wonderful to say hello to everyone in the chat and um, we will have that off for some parts of the morning, but look forward to the comments and questions. And um, if you wanna make sure you say hello to everyone, go ahead and select all panelists and attendees for the chat. And um, I think we're about ready to get started. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Good morning, Sue. Well, one more time for those folks who are just joined us recently, welcome. And uh, please say hello in the chat. If you're visiting from another ethical society, we'd love to see that. Please give a shout out as well. And um, go ahead and when you're sending messages, go ahead and select all panelists and attendees. We'd love to make sure everybody can see the messages if that's who you're aiming it at. And it's a great time to get a candle to light during our candle lighting. Settle in, get comfortable. I've got my coffee 
And uh, we'll get started here with the opening words. Opening words for today were written by Krista Flanagan. What if everything always went according to plan? At first, we might accomplish more of what we think we need to accomplish. And it might seem less stressful at first, being able to anticipate what happens next. But after a certain amount of time, and that amount would vary person to person, the once comfortable predictability would become less comfortable and well, boring. If we always knew what happens next, we, lo we lose the joy of surprise, serendipitousness of experiences and the excitement that comes from anticipating the unknown. Friends, let us gather with open, curious hearts, ready to explore the unpredictable, learn from its wisdom and embrace its beauty. We begin today's platform with music from our own Perry Bider, performing a piece by Kenny Wheeler. Good morning again, and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I am Brian Pashigian, my pronouns are he, him, and I am the officiant this morning. Visitors from near and far, we especially welcome you 
We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Maceo will put that link in the chat and we hope you're able to join us after platform for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you don't wanna see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it. Closed captioning is also available. You can turn that on and off as you prefer. We continue with our gathering by reading our statement of purpose so that we may remember the values that hold us together. Members are welcome to sign up to lead this reading and in the absence of a volunteer, officiants like myself are happy to step in. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash read SOP. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of responsibility and reverence for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. May it be so. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Each week, we, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I'm particularly mindful of the COVID surge that's occurring because of the Delta variant and the effects that's happening in our country and around the world, especially as children are preparing for returning to school at the end of the month. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. May it be so. Thanks, Brian. Good morning. I'm Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them, and I am the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. As we continue the centering time of our platform, let us prepare for meditation. You may wish to adjust your posture so that you're sitting at ease, grounded, yet attentive. You may wish to close your eyes or soften your gaze. Take a nourishing breath and cherish that breath within you and then return it to the world. 
Let your mind settle into inward quiet. Release your thoughts as you deepen your awareness of the present moment. Continue to breathe in and out evenly and fully. Words for today's meditation are from Linda M. Hansen. Much of our human struggle is with what we do not know or understand. It is often difficult not to want answers or even more difficult not to think we have them already. May we experience what we do not know, not as an individual failure, but as an invitation to community. May we seek not the true answers so much as the true questions, knowing that true questions make of our lives meaningful, if even sometimes restless journeys. May we be grateful for the restless voices in our communities. In the silence we are about to receive, let us take a few moments to listen for the restless voices within ourselves. May we be good company to one another in our questions and our journey. So may it be. Our meditation continues in silence and in the music that follows.
Wow, that was lovely and meditative. Thank you to Interim Music Coordinator Leah Morris for finding that for us. Our theme this summer is Better Together. And it's about how collaboration helps us to do more collectively than we can alone. It's certainly true that platform is a team effort. We need our whole staff and a large team of volunteers to produce platform each week, even online. In addition, each platform is like a paragraph and a much larger volume of conversation among the whole membership. Members share their thoughts and questions in coffee hour and committee meetings and town halls and West events. And then these questions and thoughts plant seeds that become platform topics. And then member contributions in community sharing during platform then lead to other conversations and the cycle continues. Each week, we create this time together. Platform is a communal experience. And I thought beginning this month with a question box would help us to see this community collaboration in real time. While I was away, Robin helped by setting up a Google form for your questions and several of you submitted questions for today's platform. Now, usually I write out my platform addresses in careful detail I'm typically a manuscript speaker, but today I'm leaving space to be more spontaneous and to incorporate your contributions. I did look at the questions ahead of time so that I could group similar ones together, but my answers are more extemporaneous than usual today. So the questions that I got uh, kind of fell into three categories. There's um, one category of getting to know Lynn questions and maybe a little bit of finding hope, like what does your clergy leader have to say to help us live our ethical lives? Uh, and, you know, I've been here a year, but that's still kind of new. And we have had very little chance to be together in person. So the getting to know you questions definitely have a place. Uh, there were some general philosophy questions, like how would we navigate this either real or hypothetical ethical situation? And then there were, group, there were a group of questions that are about Wes, about what's going on, who are we, where are we going, what's our plan for this year? Um, so I am not sure that I'm gonna get to every question, but I will try to get some from each group um, and still have our platform service completed more or less on time. Um, I think usually we turn off the chat um, and I'm not sure I'm gonna see it during the platform, but um, definitely you can save more contributions and we can have a robust community sharing, okay? All right, so um, in the getting to know Lynn category, one of the questions is, do you have any guides or rules that you try to live by? Um, there are two bits of Talmud that I quote frequently and that in the popular imagination have gotten kind of conflated, but they are actually from separate places in the Talmud. And I, you, I hope you've heard me say this before and I am sure you will hear me say it again. Um, and the sort of mashup version is, um, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justice now, love mercy now, work need not be completed in your lifetime, 
but neither are you free to desist from it. Um, so I take that to heart a lot that um, we are called to be involved, right? We are called to create community. We are called to do the next right thing that we can do. And we're called to make a place for the next generation to take up the work when it's beyond us. We don't have to finish it today. Um, and it's easy to get overwhelmed by the enormity of the world's grief. And that's another reason why we need each other. So that's one thing. Um, I also think sometimes about the words of Asada Shakur that are often spoken at um, Black Lives Matter demonstrations. And I don't think it's for me to lead that chant, but I, I also hear in that a sense of duty, right? A sense of duty that we cannot desist from this work and a calling that we must love and support each other, right? that it is our duty to work toward liberation, particularly black liberation, but also that cannot help but feed into all liberation, right? That we work for black liberation and also disabled liberation and also gender liberation and also economic liberation, all of those things are connected. So it is our duty to fight for our freedom and we must love and support each other. So those are some of the rules that we try to live by, that I try to live by. Um, and just remember that love is important and love can show up in a lot of different ways. I hope that helps. Um, and that also is sort of related to what's a source of optimism and hope for you personally. Um, for me, hope is a verb. Hope is choosing to do the next right thing. Hope is choosing to do the thing that will lead to the world that we dream about, even if I don't think we're going to get there in my lifetime. For me, optimism is not about imagining a thing and manifesting my imaginings, right? Optimism is not about assurance of success. I think that we will wear ourselves out if our optimism depends on assurance of success, we need to be able to take risks. So hope is the embodiment of doing the next right thing. Hope is the embodiment of continuing to care for ourselves and each other and create pockets of the world that we can bring into being eventually. Um, okay, questioner says, I find you to be a clear and direct communicator. Oh, thank you. Do you have thoughts, suggestions, tips for communicating well? Um, I think the biggest thing is uh, remembering that I don't communicate as well as I think I do. Um, and I don't always understand as well as I think I do. So I think part of the key to communication is um, humility and being willing to go to rewind and try again and being willing to ask questions if it seems like we're missing each other. Um, and that's definitely true. Like if I don't feel, if you don't feel like I'm understanding you, please tell me. Um, or if you're not sure you understand what I'm saying, please tell me, right? That communication is about, I think, making an iter iterative and corrective process. Um, aside from that, I think, you know, having a clear thesis, like having a clear objective and remembering that it's two way and therefore we need to be keeping in mind our audience. 
who are we communicating with? Um, one of the, I would say, legacies of white supremacy culture is this idea that we can communicate one way with everybody. And I think we're coming to understand that there's no everybody. There's no putting out a message and it's just going to filter out into the world and it's going to be received the same way by everyone. It, it doesn't work that way. So we do need to do a lot of um, tailoring our conversations for all of our different communities and constituents and partners. Um, when did you first become interested in becoming a clergy person? Um, I started being interested in being a clergy person in high school and I decided I was too much of a heretic. And then when I found Unitarian Universalism, I started thinking about it again because I found that in Unitarian Universalism, heretics are welcome to be clergy. Um, so I don't come from a background where my people really go to graduate school or even often undergrad. Um, and it was important to me that if I was gonna go for higher education, that I was, if I was gonna keep going for education, that that be something that um, I didn't forget where I came from and that I was able to bring what I'm learning back to real people and real communities that I saw in myself a danger that I could go into the ivory tower and not come out. Because I very much wanted to be involved in a profession where I had to study and learn and always be learning new things and reading more things. And I also wanted to be held accountable to bring those learnings back to the concrete benefit of my community. And um, being a clergy person seemed to fit that. Um, what's your favorite dinner party conversation starter? I try not to ask people what they do for a living as a conversation starter, um, but I might ask what people are interested in or what brought them here, that, what brought them to that place that day. Um, what was your favorite class in college? So uh, alert readers may remember that I actually went to undergrad at the University of Maryland at College Park. Um, and in case any of our friends from the UUs of Silver Spring are listening, I have to say that um, clothing and culture taught by Professor Joe Paoletti was my favorite class because um, Joe is a member of the UUs of Silver Spring. And I don't know if we're gonna see her on the video um, when they sing for us later. Um, but it actually was a great class and it was one of several classes, I don't know that I had one favorite, that asked me to look critically at multiple sources go to primary sources um, and think about how they go together and realize there's more than one perspective in the world. Okay, so that's about 10 minutes of getting to know you questions. The next section is kind of general philosophy questions and ethical situations. And the first one is, how do we elicit the best in each other without coming across like a savior instead of staying humble? And that is a great question. I actually think um, just about any movement I'm connected with um, has a humility problem, right? Uh, that it is very possible to take the, 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 um, the rule, the value of eliciting the best in each other and thinking it means that we have to teach other people how to be their best, right? Thinking that we have to tell people how to be their best 
thinking that we know how to create the conditions under which people can thrive and be their best. And it's up to us to impose those conditions on communities so that other people can be their best. Because of course we are already at our best or getting there by virtue of this noble work. Um, and honestly, we are not always at our best. So we have to keep trying, right? I think um, eliciting the best is creating conditions under which people are allowed to fail and are allowed to learn from our mistakes. Um, I also think eliciting the best can have to do with finding out from people and communities what they need to be at their best um, and to not assume that we know what's best for other people. Uh, so again, it's about solidarity. It's about um, accountability. Uh, and that's why I'm really excited that West has this longstanding commitment to community partners like FFOIP. And you know that Stuart Anderson is here on the panel waiting to speak to you later. Community partners like the Washington Interfaith Network. Um, people that we can really sit down and be in community with to learn from, to find out where we're needed instead of assuming. Um, but eliciting the best in each other and in ourselves is a daily practice, right? We're never gonna perfect it. So um, it's a good thing to keep in mind. Why do humans create idols out of other humans? Are there other species that create celebrities or idols within their species? I would be fascinated to hear from a, um, a biologist, uh, especially a population biologist or, or a behavioral biologist about how other species do this. I know there are other species that think about their ancestors, right? Elephants that go to elephant graveyards, elephants who definitely grieve, whales who grieve. Um, so I think that there are other species with memory and there are species where you might have a dominant member of the group. I don't know if that's the same as a celebrity. Um, I think people like to know what's expected of them. And sometimes creating an idealized version of a celebrity um, fills that need, but I don't think it's a, great way to fill that need because celebrities don't necessarily know how to do life any better than we do. So I, I would be curious where that question came from. So I look forward to having more conversation about it. Is it ethical for people to have children in the future, given that it will be incredibly likely that those children would face a world ravaged by climate change without a concrete way to avoid that future? I think that, um, the things that we are possible to do to respond to climate change are more in our grasp than we think. Um, and I think that every generation of children, there has been some form of suffering, maybe not for every child, but somewhere in the world, there has been suffering in every generation. Um, and I think being around children and being in relationship with children, whether they are yours or you are the aunties or the uncles or the elders, being around children is part of what gives people hope and reminds people that there is a reason to fight for a better future. 
Um, and I think it is also perfectly ethical to say, you know what, I am going to opt out of parenting because the world needs my attention for other things, or I need my attention for other things. Um, or I don't feel like my emotional approach to climate change leaves me in with enough energy to be a parent. That's valid. But I think there is an ethical place to, um, to continue life. There's an ethical place to create hope by grounding ourselves in this world and realizing that we can't throw this world away because there are other people depending on us. What are your thoughts on Simone Biles scratching herself from competition? Self-care versus commitment to others. So I'm trying to stay out of the Olympics. Um, between the International Olympic Committee's decision to A, hold the Olympics when we still have a pandemic, B, do things like disqualifying uh, women runners for having too much testosterone, saying that uh, bathing caps that accommodate natural black hairstyles were not permitted in the swimming competitions. Like the International Olympic Committee is a whole mess. Um, and I also don't feel like a black woman choosing to preserve her life and her mental well-being rather than entertain audiences is a thing that I get to argue with. Um, and from what I understand, that part of her reasoning was that she didn't want to be a detriment to her team. She wanted her team to make gold, even if she couldn't help them get there in that instance. And that is commitment to others. Also, um, Simone Biles making a statement to prioritize her, her physical and mental health is commitment to others because the sport of gymnastics needs a lot of reform. That currently, as I understand it, if you are a gymnast and you are injured during a routine, there is no opportunity for you to get a wellness check before continuing. That if you stop for a wellness check, if you stop to see if you have a concussion, you're penalized. Um, Remember that Simone Biles is a survivor of sexual assault. She's the last of the USA Gymnastics team that was affected by Larry Nassim, right? So I think she has a deep understanding of what her commitment is to the sport and to the gymnasts coming up behind her about making that sport safer in a lot of ways. And also self-care matters. Um, okay, I guess I had more opinions about that than I thought. Um, Okay, so the next one is, is it ever okay for overall ethics to come second to personal well-being? For example, if a country's government is overthrown for violent totalitarian rule, is it okay for a person to leave the country if they are able, even if they know they leave others behind to suffer? Or should they stay behind to straighten the fight, strengthen the fight against the regime knowing their individual safety may be at risk? I don't feel like there's a cut and dry answer for that. And remember that our personal well-being is also part of community well-being. Um, Carol Gilligan back in the 70s, early 80s was talking about in, in a different voice that some of us are taught that our own self-care is in opposition to care for others. When really each of us is also part of the community, right? It's not ourselves versus others. It's what's best for all of us, including ourselves. Um, and I think that for a lot of folks um, during the last administration, there was a question of if I have the priv enough privilege to leave, 
what's the right thing to do. And I don't think there's a same answer for everybody. Um, I think that some of it is a question of, are you personally in danger? Um, and can you be of greater good by living in exile than you can by staying? Most of the folks I talked to who were thinking of leaving during the last administration were not in immediate personal danger, but it didn't feel safe here, particularly for people of color, particularly for people who are queer, just a lot of not being safe here. Um, we have to take care of ourselves and the people we love. And we have larger communities. Um, I, I think that it's very rarely cut and dry. And I also think that humans are not very good at risk assessment. And when we feel like we're in danger and we have to escape, that might be worth some discernment. Sometimes we are, and maybe sometimes it's not great, but there's still something left for us to do here. Anyway, I'm not judging anybody on their choices about whether or not they stay or go in a life-threatening situation. Um, are zoos ethical? Animals live longer in zoos than they would in the wild, have a ton of positive development and have the opportunity to save their species but also humans have them in captivity, are essentially picking their reproductive partners and significantly limiting their range. I think there are people who have studied this a lot more than I have. Um, I think that there, I have operated under the theory that zoos are valuable, excuse me, for con conservation. And also we want the habitats in zoos to be really conducive to the well-being of the animals. And that's something we're learning more about all the time. Um, so we want zoos to be as healthy as they can be for the animals who live there. Um, okay. So those are the general philosophy questions. And look, that was 10 minutes. Okay, so the last section is questions about Wes. How have you seen Wes grow or transition since you've started the interim, COVID aside possibly? I don't know that you can put COVID aside. I think that some of it has just been the gift of time um, that when I arrived, there was a lot of uncertainty and maybe a little panic, right? Having the shutdown happened right around the same time you learned that your senior leader was leaving, you know, financial uncertainty maybe that, that went along with that, not being sure how this whole Zoom thing was gonna work. There was just a lot of uncertainty at the same time. And my sense is that now West members who are engaged, you know, we may not know what the future holds. We may have different opinions. We may have disagreements about the next right thing in our COVID recovery or just general how to be West, I don't sense the same level of um, anxiety. Not to say there's none, then maybe a little bit of anxiety keeps us moving. Um, but I sense that the folks who are engaged with West are ready to 
be the community that you want to be ready to focus on let's figure out what's next and less on worrying um what else i think that we're getting a better sense of what the role is for lay people i think that um you know member involvement and member uh members finding out how they can help make West be the West that you want to be. Um, so I think there's some discovery that's happening as part of that. Um, I think we've been getting a lot of great stuff sorted out that may not be evident to members that's sort of behind the scenes, a lot of policy work that the board has been doing, a lot of policy and preparation that the lifelong learning staff and I have been doing and lifelong learning staff means Indara Miles, who is our SEEK coordinator, and Linda Irizarry, who is our youth coordinator. Um, the two of them and I are the lifelong learning staff group. So we've been figuring a lot of stuff out and, and are at the point where we're ready to have members come and join us and that's strategizing. Um, what else has Wes learned about? I think that we've had some chances to unpack things we did last fall we did cottage meetings last spring we did some history meetings uh, and i think we're starting to see where the sensitive areas are where the things are that people really want to talk about um, and um, some people think oh no this is the most important thing for us to talk about in the interim and as it turns out um, there's actually a wider variety of things that people want to talk about Anyway, I, I think that the main difference is that people are just ready, right? You're ready to be, to do the work to make the community that you want to be. And that leads into the second question. Many West activities and programs rely on volunteer efforts. How do you think we can boost and broaden involvement? What do you think stops people from volunteering? What are the benefits of being involved in West in those ways? I think being involved in West being involved on a committee or a team or a task force, or even something that's just for your own personal development, like a tie group or a class or going to one of the community relations committee workshops. Um, that helps us feel more connected to each other. Those things help us build community. It helps us feel like we're really invested in the future of us. Um, it helps us re realize that we are creating here among us a place where people can come, bring their joys, bring their sorrows, find support, and be equipped to then go and live their values out in the world. It is, it is a valuable thing to create this community of Wes, and being a volunteer means that you get to be part of creating it. Um, there are a lot of things that stop people from volunteering, and Honestly, I think sometimes the things that we think are stopping us are not the same things that are, are actually stopping us. Um, so we can say, oh, I'm zoomed out. But when it was pre-COVID, that is, you know, it is pretty much equivalent to when people were saying, I'm too tired from my work. I can't drive to the building and have another meeting. Or I'm my weekends are filled with obligations. I can't also add more obligations. Or um, I'm overwhelmed and, and can't add volunteering on top of that. And that's valid. But I don't think, but I think that a more productive question is what 
does lead people to volunteer and how can we build on that? So what are the things that our members are putting energy into? Why is that working? How can we do more of that so that volunteering works for more people or so that we can um, open more doorways for the people who are finding time to volunteer? Um, and that was a multi-part question. What was the rest of that? Um, how do you think we can boost and broaden involvement? I mean, I can tell you what needs to happen. The other thing I will say is that um, personal invitations matter and our staff is not large enough to make personal invitations of every member. So it, it matters if you are working on something as a volunteer that you invite your friends to join you. It matters when you meet someone who might be interested if you open the door for them to participate. Um, so, you know, personal involvement, personal invitations. Um, okay. So the next West question, um, some of us are finding it hard to get connected on Zoom or Zoomed out after a year and a half. What suggestions do you have for West members to stay connected? I would say get into a committee or a small group. Um, there was just an announcement this week about Together in Exploration, TIE or TIE groups. And these will be kind of similar to deepening circles in that it will be a consistent group that meets to talk about a topic um, and uh, you know, deepen relationships in the small group and also stay connected with WES as a whole. The main difference of TIE groups versus deepening circles is that they will untie in June and you can sign up for a different group for the following year. So there's a space for a graceful entrance and exit. And that means that a newcomer to WES can join a Thai group and not be walking into the middle of an already established bonded group that may not be as, um, it, it's really hard to join a group where everybody else has known each other for years. So Thai groups make it easier for newer people to come in or for people who haven't been involved in a deepening circle up until now to, to come in. You can be in both. Um, so join a Thai group or a committee or a task force or um, come to a class or, or one of those things. Just keep being involved in things that other, in addition to platform. What we can do in platform in terms of in-person or technology or whatever is gonna be a little slower than whatever's gonna be possible for smaller groups. So your tie group or your deepening circle, if everybody is comfortable, may be able to meet in somebody's backyard or your um, auction team may be able to meet in somebody's backyard or, but at the very least you're in a smaller group where there's more engagement and more conversation. Um, so we will definitely keep producing platform one way or the other, but I think if what you want is to be engaged, um, even Zoom is easier when it's a smaller group. So get into a smaller group or create a small group experience. You can also do that. You can say, hey, I'm in the Northern Virginia neighborhood, Northern Virginia West people come to my backyard. We're going to um, roast marshmallows over the fire pit. You can do that. Okay, um, how can West become a more welcoming, more diverse, and anti-racist, anti-oppressive, multicultural place? Um, 
I, one of my, um, one of the books I read during my study leave, one of the um, things I was trying to get ready to do while, when I came back is I read See No Stranger by Valerie Kaur. Um, and she talks about kind of different aspects of the work. There's the personal work and the communal work and, uh, and the larger picture work. Um, and not every part of the work belongs to every person equally. Um, but in terms of anti-racism and anti-oppression and multiculturalism, um, we want to think about there is the institutional change work, which the widening of the anti-racism lens at West Group is working on. Super important, right? Gets us into concrete suggestions for what we need to do to be the community we want to be structurally. So there's the institutional change work. There is the personal growth work, like particularly for those of us who have privilege to keep learning and being more culturally competent so that we can, um, in our personal interactions in the community, make this as welcoming a place as we can. And there's also the public witness work, right? It matters that racism and other forms of oppression in the larger world are things that we're trying to address in our public witness and justice work. Um, so staying, um, staying as part, staying part of the larger project of making an anti-racist city and country and world. All of those different things go together. And um, so I would say to help Wes to, to do that, there is room in all different parts of those works. And you may not be called to the institutional change work. If what you feel like your work is, is the public witness, those other things that we talked about are also relevant, so don't ignore them. But if you're going to focus on the public witness stuff, let's talk about that. And let's talk about how to stay accountable to our institutional partners and to the communities that we're involved with. That's a little more than 10 minutes on part three. So, um, so I'm going to go ahead and move on. I'm sorry if I didn't get to your question. Um, I will say stay tuned. Some of the other questions are about what's going on with COVID, what's going on with SEEK, and I promise you there will be more communication. Um, it is literally, I, I have literally not had a meeting yet with any staff or volunteers. So stay tuned, but it's, we do have some ideas. Um, okay, so I'm coming to a close and I'm reminded of Raina Maria Rilke's passage in Letters to a Young Poet, 1903. Have patience with everything unresolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves as if they were locked in rooms or books written in a very foreign language. Don't search for the answers which could not be given to you now because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps then, someday far in the future, you will gradually, without even noticing it, live your way into the answer. So ends the reading. Let us continue to live the questions together. I might not have had a chance to answer every question and I might have more or different thoughts later. And I wanna thank you for sparking thoughts and conversations. Thank you for um, things said in the chat. Thank you for submitting questions. Thank you for taking these questions into your own minds and wrestling with them there. After some music, we'll have community sharing time 
when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. Um, you can address any of the questions that I just did, or if you would like a framing question to spark your personal experience. When have you created something with others spontaneously? So you can think about that. When have you created something with others spontaneously or any of the other questions we talked about today? As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. We are going, heaven knows where we are going, but we know we will. We are going, heaven knows where we are going, we know we're there. We will get there Heaven knows how we will get there But we know we will We are going Heaven knows where we are going We know we're there We will get there Heaven knows how we will
Wow, this was a uh, very thought-provoking morning. And um, I just have to add, if, uh, <laughs> if anyone has a barrier to volunteering by thinking perfection is the uh, standard, you can <laughs> use anything I'm involved in in volunteering as a uh, uh, refugiation to that, so including Sunday morning. So. Um, uh, this is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections to the platform or what resonates in our own lives. You may consider the following framing question. When have you created something with others spontaneously? Um, and it looks like folks are already sharing in the Zoom chat, which is wonderful. Let's see if I can catch up a little bit. Lots of uh, wonderful comments. Um, Adam, great comment about all the talents that Leah has. And, um, and let's see. Um, uh, Mark uh, thanks, says, thanks, Lynn, for a platform with much food for thought. P Peter adds, um, yep, many musicians are taught um, uh, to play nearly all instruments. Um, Adam says, 100% uh, those uh, great extemporaneous platform, Lynn. And um, Stuart, appreciate, you know, uh, we'll be hearing from Stuart soon. Let's see, uh, there's a little information that Lynn added. Um, if you're interested in looking um, at a little more information, but I'll leave that to Stuart to talk about a little bit. Um, all right, Robin. Okay, ombre tie-dye. This, this past week, tried my hand at ombre tie-dye. I always love projects that force me not to worry about perfection, enjoy the outcome. Yes, um, absolutely. And we uh, look forward to seeing the results of that, Robin, <laughs> if you share those. Peter says, uh, there's a tension between looking at the teaching authority of ethical culture and the tradition within ethical culture that we arrive at our own ethical decisions using our own minds. I think Lynn does a great job of navigating this tension. Great point. Trang uh, shared, love hearing Lynn's wisdom. I also appreciate Leah's music, uh, musical talents. Thank you to both, absolutely. Um, Appreciate all the comments uh, so far, and I'll leave another minute or so to see if I can share any others. And just scrolling up here to see if I if I missed any. Um, but uh, I know that I um, this is one of my favorite types of platforms, so the uh, the question ones, and uh, love all the responses and love all the details. Um, all right, let's see. All right, Jeff. Um, regarding the framing question, I've been doing uh, this every Thursday with the West Improv Group, another great example. Um, one of our favorite games is for someone to come up with a nonsense word such as, oh gosh, blink and go, I don't know, and have another person provide a definition. All right, so that's a unit of frequency uh, uncertainty named after its discoverer. Otto von Blinken. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks, Jeff. The pronunciation. That's something I need for everything, basically. So, um, Blipka. No, Joe. Um, all right, John shared a spontaneous group effort. I recall at a West camping trip, a large group of West members created a large tarp or roof in order to still hold their talent show as rain approached. All right, that is a fantastic example as well. I love that. I can just kind of visually picture it um, and the work that went in uh, to make it happen. Well, I've enjoyed um, all these comments. Let's see uh, if we have any others, and then uh, we'll keep moving forward here. Um, 
because I am excited to um, turn things over to Stuart here in a minute. Um, all right, let's move from the comments and uh, we'll continue that conversation in the uh, coffee hour after platform. So um, just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to friends, excuse me, family and friends of incarcerated people. Here to tell us more about their work is our good friend, Stuart Anderson. Turn it over to you. Hey guys, and first and foremost, let me say, hey Lynn, good to have you back and everything. Um, I truly appreciated your statement earlier about being around children and how that can be infectious and good for all of us. Family and Friends of Incarcerated People is an organization whose primary mission is to foster community support for um, first and foremost, the children of those who are incarcerated or have been incarcerated, but also for all of our at-risk children, you know, who need that extra support in their life to help them figure out what it is they are, 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 are supposed to be or, or meant to be, you know, kind of helping families find a way, you know, a charity organization based upon trying to, you know, just do this literacy stuff and make sure children can grow and bloom and blossom as they should. We basically serve the children of the DC metropolitan area. We've been around actively in the community for like 17 years. Uh, we're about to have our 16th annual event. Wes has been instrumental in helping to support that work. And that's our annual public safety community fest, which is a back to school piece. And we often like to make sure that we say to people, this is not just giving away book bags. It's not just giving away school supplies. This is about fighting the school to prison pipeline. And, and, and how we do that is we make sure that every child who we come in contact has every ingredient that they need to be successful in going back to school. And we know they're going back to school in the mid of the COVID and, and, and also it's just extremely important that we try to uh, make sure that we get them ready. You know, some of these children, the elementary school children, they can't get vaccinated. So we got, we're gonna be providing some PPE for them in these bags this year. And we're looking to West to help us with some of that work. Um, we, you know, I know that West is closed. I wish West was open. Uh, we just had a couple of events we wanted to do at West, but we couldn't because you were closed. Can't wait for us to get it. So we got to do our work to make sure everybody's safe. And that's the work of FFORP today. Um, in light of the question that was asked, I want to respond to that as well. Whenever, whenever I created something uh, with others, that was, you know, supportive of, of the broader community, FFYP, family and friends of incarcerated people. That is what it's designed to do. When we help the least of us, we're helping all of us. And so that's what this piece is about. So we're gonna have our annual public safety community fest, it's a back to school piece. I'm gonna send the flyer over so it can be shared on all of uh, Wes's platform throughout the month. We always do it the third Saturday of every month. So we will be doing it on August 21st. We're gonna do it in the 4,000 block. And I know this doesn't mean a crap to a lot of members of West, but we're gonna send you a map and all of that so you know how to get there because we want you to come out 
and see how your support of FFYP is really being spent. So we want you to come to the 4,000 block of Livingston Road in Southeast DC in a part of Oxen Run Park that we've claimed and been in all week, all, I mean, all this year. As things open, we've done art in the park, reading in the park. And so when you come out, this is gonna be a big festival to show you everything that we've been doing throughout the year and the years when we go out to the park. Um, and so what I'll do there is, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stop there um, and entertain any questions if we have time for any questions. Um, glad to be a partner of West. Can't wait for West to open back up. And I know a lot of people, let me say this last thing, right? I'd be remiss if I didn't. A lot of people have, have sent me messages and, and things from Wes about my grandchild who was murdered, um, was a regular when I came to West. When I came to West and had children, he, she was amongst those children. And so I thank you for all of your heartfelt condolences. Thank you so much, Stuart, for being with us. And uh, we have been thinking of you um, and your family through these times. And we are um, so appreciate, you know, the relationship we have with you. And I uh, want to make sure I point out, Robin um, uh, mentioned that there is a um, email coming out for the school supply list. And um, Lynn put uh, the link in there for the event uh, in the chat. On the slide, you'll see the number to give for, um, by text for today's collection. That's 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. You may also recall that, um, so like we've been talking about the school supply drive that we participate in. So um, this year, right, with everything going on, no exception. And um, please check your email um, as that comes along. That'll be a, um, I believe, an Amazon wish list or bring your donations to the picnic on the 21st. Um, we will now receive your gifts and uh, the gift of music.
Thank you. And thank you to um, so many of the people who helped create this morning's time together. We have um, appreciation for interim music coordinator, Leah Morris, our own Perry Bider, our neighbors from the UUs of Silver Spring, and guest musician, Seth Cho. Membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, slide artists, John and Abby Dakin, and tech host, Johnny Buzek. And Robin Kravitz for communication support and hosting virtual coffee hour at the conclusion of platform. And thank you to those who are leading and supporting our work in the week to come. As always, this week has a variety of opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually around shared interests and support and in support meetings and discussion groups. Immediately after platform, during the virtual coffee hour, visitors and newcomers are welcome to chat with Maceo Thomas. Whether you're just curious or considering membership, bring your questions. When uh, it is time to go into the breakout rooms, newcomers should decline the breakout room invitation and stay in the lobby of our Zoom meeting to meet with Maceo. Um, this afternoon at 1 p.m., there's a chat with our American Ethical Union Assembly delegates. Come and learn more about what's coming up at the National American Ethical Union Business Meeting this Saturday and share your thoughts with the members who will be voting on West's behalf. In case you missed it, West is launching a new small group program called Tie Groups. Tie is short for Together in Exploration. If you're looking, if you've been looking for more ways to connect with other members and West as a whole, contact Maceo about, about getting signed up. Tomorrow, Monday, August 2nd, there are several activities going on. Widening the Anti-Racism Lens is holding a session on staff member relations tomorrow at 7 p.m. The Mindfulness Group is also scheduled to meet tomorrow at 7 p.m. And on Tuesday, August 3rd at 7 p.m., Sunday Ethical Education for Kids, the SEEK uh, volunteer team is reconvening along with SEEK coordinator, coordinator Dara Miles and youth coordinator uh, Linda Irizarry. Sorry, apologize if I um, made a mistake there. You can help revitalize our educational offerings for young people. Find out more on Tuesday's meeting. Check out website calendar and um, the website calendar news and notes for details about all of our opportunities to connect during the week or contact Robert, Robin Kravitz for help navigating West Communications. Robin can be reached at Robin, R-O-B-Y-N-K, at ethicalsociety.org or communications at ethicalsociety.org. All right, next Sunday, August 8th, West is not having its own platform service. Instead, we will join the members of other ethical societies from all over the country for an all societies platform led by emerging professional clergy leaders. The all societies platform will be next Sunday at 11 a.m., not our usual 1030. The title is Sources of Hope, Values from Our Past as We Build Our Future. And one more thing to look forward to in the weeks ahead. Um, as we've been talking about, we wanna make sure it's highlighted. Save the date, August 21st, bring your own picnic in Rock Creek Park. It's also a great time to bring school supplies for young people in the family and friends and incarcerated people community, which is our community. You can find details for these and all other events in our, um, on our website calendar at ethicalsociety.org. Finally, thank you for being here with us. Now, uh, let's see, I'm gonna just make sure I'm not missing any other announcements. Okay, great, 
folks are throwing up on the chat um, all the great things we have coming. So appreciate that. Uh, now let's enjoy our closing song of the month, Get Together. you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, finding and nurturing collaboration in the quest for a better world. Please join us for a virtual coffee hour by pointing your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. You can also find the link in the slide or in the chat. And once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups, which you're welcome to drift in and out uh, of as you choose to greet different people. And just a reminder again, if you're 
new and you want to be um, involved with the new um, uh, the question answer, uh, you know, welcome to stay in the lobby area, decline the um, offer to go into a breakout room, and uh, Maceo will take it from there. And uh, just a reminder, this, this meeting will be closing and everybody will be switching over to there. Um, look forward to having a good time connecting and though it's still virtual, um, you know, enjoying that the best we can as we, as we gear up for what the future will bring. Um, if you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. And um, have a great week. Really appreciate this morning together and lots, lots of food for thoughts. So look forward to connecting more. And, um, and again, another thank you for Stuart um, sharing uh, what they're working on and how we can help support what they're doing. And what we're all trying to do together. All right. Um, Wish you all the best uh, this week. And we're gonna be, as we're dropping in participant numbers, we're gonna be switching over and uh, look forward to seeing folks soon in the coffee hour.